Welcome to Motor Cult Podcast, episode 78. I'm Eric Berger, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Sinisky. Hello, sir. That's me. Hello. How was your drive down here today? Oh, boy. It was eventful. <laughs> um, actually, the, the, the total tally was five cars spun out previously to me seeing them. Well, it is snowing right now, so yeah. I could see people uh, forgetting how to and, basically live. And then there was an Aveo, which did very impressive. Um, a rear end got loose. Car did a 360. They tried to save it, overcorrected, almost had it, but they overcorrected. Mm-hmm. Did another like half, like 180 or so. Okay. And then rear end into a concrete barrier. Uh, and, oh, uh, they went ass first into the yeah, concrete yeah, barrier. And they, okay. then that was into that Aveo. Um, yeah, that's definitely totaled. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, shockingly, uh, most of the cars I saw on the side of the road were crossovers. Um, that's not shocking. They were. Two Muranos, a very clapped out Tahoe. Um, How bad do you think the tires were in all these vehicles? Oh, probably awful. <laughs> and then I think like a an, a Buick Century and then an Audi. So okay, four of the five cars were all wheel drive. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> or or four wheel drive. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose all wheel drive isn't necessarily always created equal but either. But the thing that got me the most set off um <clears throat> the term is triggered and triggered i should say <laughs> the thing i mean the most triggered though is i found that crossover drivers have developed a new tactic of terrible driving what do you mean well it's i call it the um the crossover standoff it's like a mexican standoff but for crossovers so um, somehow two crossovers facing two, one another. two crossovers are trying to get into each other's lane one's trying to get into the left lane one's trying to get in the right lane okay and each one slows down equal to the other one until they come to a complete stop in which at that point i lay on my horn and the entire time they're doing this we're on 169 which is currently made entirely of ice okay yeah the roads are yeah. very icy right yeah now, they're really like, really awful it's whatever um but I'm sitting there the entire time with the ABS, just like losing its mind, going, "Ah shit! Ah shit!" <laughs> so yeah, that that was my uh, my my commute here, and I <laughs> uh, didn't have time to get breakfast or anything. But uh, I got here in one piece. We'll, we'll survive. Yeah. There's, right. m- m- there's large amounts of poo in my car, though. Uh oh. Yes, yeah, so my butthole is puckered the entire ride. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't a puckered butthole eliminate the poo flow? Well, not if you're uh, too scared. <laughs> oh, I see. Momentary lapse. There, there, there was a moment where I was, I almost joined those crossovers and oh, Audis in the sake. ditch. So yeah, other yeah. than just extremely slow drivers, and uh, actually, when I was coming down here on five, I decided to turn right on Audubon and do a U-turn so I could drive across with the green light because it's faster than the left turn lane sometimes. Yeah, and I was doing probably twenty over, and I get into the right slow down lane and i get into regen the regen's fine and then i get into the actual brakes and there's like ice i mean yep. it's just not slowing yep. down anymore so i just initiated the uh e-brake and... <laughs> no I, t- oh. I turned it in and just let it slide but that was that was fun <laughs> but you know obviously no issue not even close because winter tires and that's just one of those things every time i drive in a setting like this where it is icy and snowy, I'm just like, wow, maybe these tires should get replaced next year. And then I get out of the car and I almost fall down. I'm like, oh, no, the tires are just fine. Yeah, no, I, it's it's definitely the difference. It's I <clears throat> probably should buy new tires, but it's one of those things where I'm trying to save money right now. So 
I'm not doing any new tires. Someday you'll have a second set of wheels and winter tires, but probably but no, not I, anytime real soon. It, it'll probably be spring when they start going on sale. Like I, I'm kind of stretching. So like if I, I'm sure if you I could w- find some if steelies was, from Mazda three that have snow tires on them. Yeah, if I was less confident in my driving abilities, I would get snow tires immediately. Yeah. But it's like most of my life, I didn't need snow tires. And right, you don't need them yeah. necessarily, but it does make driving much more enjoyable. No, and so. it, to be fair, there were a couple of cars that were on that I saw with snow tires get mm-hmm. on to 169 having just as much of a problem as I was. Because hmm. the issue was just like sheer black ice all over the place. Right. I mean, winter tires aren't necessarily a... I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's not like it's not just going to save you. It's not like a, it's like a radar detector. I mean, yeah. it's an extra no. like ten percent of information no, it's, and it, capability. It's it's armor. but the ten percent usually makes the difference. Yeah, exactly. It, your your driver skill makes a big difference. And well, the issue was is it wasn't consistent ice. Right. Is like yeah, I could feel a dry, little bit, and then a little bit of ice, mm-hmm. and then dry. And the then, short wheelbase, yeah. I felt it like juddering around a little bit, but then I like just hammer the throttle, and I don't see the speedometer just like peg so i figure that it's not that slippery uh yeah It'll that's that's why i do i put in fifth gear and i stomp on yep. the gas if, if i still have traction just... we're fine <laughs> <laughs> if we don't then maybe i'll put a little more distance between me and the car in front of me but exactly yeah anyway let's move on to beer and we got northeast because you know neither yeah. one of us has been beer shopping in like a year so no i've actually been i've sustained myself since thanksgiving off of free beer that's fair. And I've not lowered my beer intake or anything. It's just I've gotten massive quantities of free beer. It's a, that gentleman that came into work and said, shop, I'll yeah. give you 100 beers. Uh, came <laughs> Holding back. true. Yeah, he came back. <laughs> and the guy gave me, well, because it was just me in the shop, he gave me 25, which is pretty awesome. Very fine. So, yeah, good guy. Yeah, I'm still living off reserves from fall, <laughs> basically. That's kind of what everybody does in winter. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I'm going to move into our first topic, just get right into it. Okay, okay. Um, in France, uh, actually what on paper is a very cool car collection has gone up for auction. Okay. However, there's a slight issue with it, because this might be the most poorly maintained collection of cars oh I've ever seen in my life. Are these on dirt floors? Uh, I think so. But like... This looks like that pile of five series we saw in... Bulgaria or whatever. Yeah, it was exactly. A years yeah, ago. It, it's um, except these aren't under car covers. <laughs> no, these are. It, it's like a bunch of really cool cars. If you look at this list on paper, it looks really cool. Like in this, the well, first I see picture, a Mira. Yeah, this is coming from Haggerty.com, and when you see the first picture, you see a Mira, a original Riviera before they were rear wheel drive or before they were front wheel drive. Two of those actually. Um, you've got a Lancia Aurelia. A uh, Lincoln, it looks oh, like. Sorry. A no, no. Keep going down. A Series One Jaguar E Type. It's not a super early, but it's a little bit of a later Series One. It doesn't have the hood uh, clips on the outside, but mm-hmm. yeah. But still, it's a Series One Jag, and just covered in dirt. I didn't and realize they had coupe. FJ uh, wipers on them. Oh yeah, they do. Look at that. Yeah, that, that was that was early in the series one. Triple I think. windshield wiper. I think that was only in the series one. Whoa. Yeah, a Porsche three fifty six pre A, so it's just a three fifty six before that. Three fifty six A and three fifty six B. Huh. And uh, that is beyond saving. Oh, gross! Why do they have a C three vet? Um, if you scroll down, oh, it's an eighty one coupe. I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, a mirror in with a massive dent in it, like somebody attacked it with a shovel. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah, that's not in terribly good condition. Oh, yes. Jan, look at this van. 
That thing looks like it's spooked. Citron, Citron for Citroen Forgan Roselle. But if you click through the pictures, I'll show you more of the highlights from it. Um, I just used the wrong trackpad. That's not going to help. No, it won't. So we oh, saw okay. That. Yeah, we saw that. Um, that's a early... It's a, a Lincoln Continental Mark II. And then, like, this guy just, like, collected random cars. And some of them were really cool. And some of them sucked. It's nice to see the 356 still has the engine in it. But that body, I think, is... You could beyond, save that. I, you would be surprised what people go through to save early 356s. That's true. I mean, you have a lot of money that you can make on it, so... Oh, that, God. That can you jag, imagine the odor? Dude, imagine the oh. detail bills. Blech. <laughs> oh god look, Good at, riddance, look at all of that hair on that engine oh, oh my yeah. god that's disgusting so good it means to like, go away yeah i don't feel that any... citroen fargan is a really cool rear end yeah it does that thing looks pretty arrow gotta say that thing looks so spooky in the front i know with this giant <laughs> <laughs> oh hello <laughs> <laughs> but yeah those are um it was a really cool car collection. I saw everything in it. It's like, yeah, if it was in perfect condition. Like, these are a bunch of really cool cars that somebody took no. It's like if Jay Leno had his collection and then just didn't have a mechanic or anybody or even look at his cars and actually just completely forgot about all those cars entirely. Like, that's basically what that is. It almost strikes me as like the Salt and the Brunei strategy where you just like hoard cars. Yeah, and then you just never touch them again. Yep, that is exactly buy what the Salt and the Brunei it. does. <laughs> Maybe drive it once. I don't even know. So, did you know in Brunei it's actually illegal to talk about the royal family's wealth? You just don't talk about it. Nobody, Why would I even know that? Nobody knows how much money they have. Well, okay. They have as much money as Brunei does. That's <laughs> <laughs> all public money, and the public money is private money. Yes. And it's, it's all mine. Actually, pretty close to how it works. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't deliberately trying to be facetious, which is weird for me. But it ended up being that way. Well, I, I, I learned that from Jana's awesome uh, Christmas present to me, the I, uh, curiosity guys... stream that she got me. <laughs> okay, that makes a little more sense. I'm like, how does this just come up in passing conversation for you two? <laughs> but then again, I learned a long time ago to just stop asking questions about that. So. Exactly. Uh, can, you, can, you see that? can you see the notes? Uh, oh, yeah, is your laptop still being... No, it's, I'm going to put it in the microwave when we're done this episode. <laughs> Maybe I will bring you one of those you little Samsung Q1 papers? tablets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, I'll let you go on with your topic. Fair enough. So mine is not really a national topic. It's more just something I want to talk about uh, with car culture. And that's something I was actually thinking about earlier this week, I think listening to another podcast or maybe cycling through car groups on Facebook, maybe seeing winter meets popping up on Facebook, things like that. But I wanted to discuss the fact that I think there are more hardcore car enthusiasts where there are real winters. Probably per capita, yeah. Because so. when you're in California and you've got a project, you put it off. And there's never like a winter, like pent up planning phase where you can't work on it, but you want to. Yeah. And there's no springtime hustle where you actually get a bunch done. That's true. You, you do have a good point with that. I think there's a lot of cars that just never get touched. I think, well, I think what it is, I think it's per capita. It's probably higher uh, in the northern states because there's a lot of people in California. Like, there's a lot of people in California who are just kind of weenies. So they're like, oh, dude, I, I love Japanese nostalgia cars. They are so cool. I got this. 280ZX, and I mm -hmm. put some 280ZX wide and steelies on it, and I lowered it with S13 suspension. It's a pretty dope build. I mean, I I went pretty far with Hashtag it. Hashtag built, not bought. Yeah, and like that, I'm like, 
that was an actual conversation I had with somebody. That sounds in terrible. California. I would have been sad about that. And I'm like, oh, cool. What'd you use? He goes, I just found this on the internet. Like, you guess you use th- S13s. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I just I got a old school Subaru at home back in Minnesota. And I'm like, I had to like make my coilovers. He goes, what? I'm like, yeah, I had to like find like five different cars. Something that's close. And then <laughs> I had to find five different cars, slap a bunch of crap together, trial and error my way to victory. And he goes, oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't have ever done that. I'm like, and I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like, like, oh well, yeah, maybe they extra, don't take it quite as far, but in an extra ten minutes of like, I don't know. There's a lot of people stuff. around here that just like bag or race land their car and call it good. Well, no, that, that's what I mean is like just like the most simple of like DIY stuff mm-hmm. to a lot of people, and that are more just kind of basic with their interesting cars. And a that lo- could be true, but I, I mean, what I'm it, finding is is really just like the amount of cars that. I mean, the good stuff that we want to buy here yeah. is in, you know, Arizona, it's in Nevada, it's in yeah, exactly. SoCal. And it's just like a project that somebody started, like they, they took the and engine out of it like 15 quit. years ago, and then yeah. they're just like, oh, I'll get to that in a month. And then the month no, turns that, into a year, it turns into a decade. Yeah, that's... Then there's, and in Minnesota, there's we, that can't, as well. we can't do yeah. that. Because like winter, if you get bored of a project, you can't just leave it sitting there most of the time. Like... You, Space constraints, you like gotta get rid of it. Yeah, it's gonna one way or another. It's gonna rust out. Well, or that you're too. Gonna, or right. you're gonna hoard. Or you're gonna fill up your driveway with and that's, half finished projects. That's what I think it is. But I also find that it's potentially better in rural areas versus city center areas. That's true. Yeah, not quite as much as the geographic area, but like I really think that that is a thing. Like if you have a really severe harsh winter and you've got a decent warm, you know, set well, of months. This is, this is another thing. Is you know in winter. Um, I get all antsy. And, no way. So uh, you're antsy right now? Yeah, super antsy. Is it antsy. because of all the ants on the table? Yeah, there's a lot of ants in my pants. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's really weird. Did you put one of the tarot ant traps in your pants? No, can I have one? <laughs> <laughs> I got a spare one on the floor here. Tight. I'll grab it in a second. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it, you know, like Minnesota, like, you get all antsy and you start, like, like really wanting to go out and do car stuff. I was talking about the section in Japanese nostalgia car where uh, we had a question a week, uh, I think it was last week. Where I said like, what's your like, what's your best winter car spot mm-hmm. like JNC winter car spotting story? Okay. Because I was talking about like you know in California you guys don't get this like you guys forever it's always gonna be cool and S thirty like yeah S like a like a yeah like S thirty S thirty a two forty Z two sixty two eighty Z some sort of chassis yeah. code for something yeah it's a first gen Z car. <laughs> um, you're like, oh, cool! I guess thirty Z car. This is this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in Minnesota, like if you're in like old Japanese cars, yeah, they all kind of disappear in November, and then you gotta wait till like May, and then it starts getting really weird because you you go from like you know June being ah cool, what what a cool two forty Z to right. like January is is, is that two forty Z? Is that a first generation MPV? Oh wow! Like, oh, you mean like the winter beater spotting? Uh, not even a winter beater. Like it's just like that happens to be somebody's car, and That's you're amazing. just like so jaded at this point, trying to get a hit of like a cool car that you're like really grasping at straws. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that, that's that's what Minnesota gets. But that, at the same time, that also can't grasp at straws is like, all right, I gotta like go and do something, and so mm-hmm. then you start going like, okay, how can I make my project that much cooler? And then you got six months of only be able to work on your car and do nothing else. Right. So. And I, I've personally kind of gotten that this last week. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm looking at like the work lists I've got made for myself on each car, and I'm like, oh sweet Jesus, 
there's a lot to do. Yeah, I'm starting um, to like order parts and plan it and schedule it. This and... winter was a little bit weird for me, because um, I was like, it, well, I think it's because right before winter, like I found out that after I did finish the engine swap in the Cressida, that I had to take the transmission back out and put another one in. Yeah, that and sounded that, like a world of fun. Yeah, and so I've just spent the entire winter <laughs> being like, I'm no, I don't even want to look at that car. Like I'm still mad about that so well that you have the mazda 5 so there's really no reason why you should have to look at the crescent over the winter yeah i've got well i mean to work on it because you know i got a heated garage and everything so it's like even still yeah it's no motive like i i have heaters in like all my garage even like here yeah. like i could make this 80 if i wanted to i'm still not working on anything nah, it's in just, the winter yeah. like, i just don't want to it's cold and it sucks. Yeah, I gotta and... open the door and then I gotta wait for like forty minutes for it to like equalize again. Yeah, no, not Just, worth it. Nah, it's like gonna be a hard pass on my on my side, but yeah. So it, it, it's spring, I'm probably gonna be like spinning. Like Jan's not gonna see me for like three weeks and, <laughs> and get all my cars done. Like <laughs> once I finally get over it about the Cressida, which is coming. It'll happen in the spring. Cause I started like going back on Instagram and liking photos of an X eighty three. So I'm like, I'm getting back in the swing of things. Like, maybe I'm not so mad. G- at you. Give, give me, give me a couple weeks, and I'll, I might, might pull it into my garage. So I was really trying to get the two thousand two down here and work on it over the winter, and I still want to do that. But I don't have the chassis side engine harness. It's still with my buddy Aaron. It's still in his car. In Cambridge, Minnesota, and he's no. working out of oh, state. Oh, God, no. So I can't coordinate with him because he's here a lot, but he's only here for, like, part of a day usually. Oh. And I just, I can't get it. But, like, if I bring the car down here, I'm like, sure, I can get the brakes working, I can get the clutch working, but I won't be able to start it. And, yeah. So, like, no, I just, if I can't do everything, I'm just like, I'm not touching it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. It's not fun. Like, no. That's, that's why I'm, like, so frustrated about, like, my Subaru. Yeah. It's the same issue. It's a wiring harness issue. I'm just, like, I don't want to have to rewire the whole car. I guess I'm just going to look at that one, too. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for the right harness to show up, and then... It'll, it'll come to me when it's ready to be put back together. <laughs> I was really jazzed, because there's a Subaru is that uh, U-Pole. It turned out not to be a GL10. So was that that blue one that was painted with, like, the sil- World Rally? It was the silver one wrap? with... the it's silver with World Rally wrap, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But that turned out to be a single-point fuel injection, so... Dang it. Was it didn't have much use to me, unfortunately. That's frustrating. Well, at least it's not quite as sad that it was in the junkyard then. That still is pretty sad, but whatever. Uh, I'll get over it. Well, we've already covered our saddest junkyard moments, so, so there is that, that. That is very true. That that made me pretty uh, salty. <laughs> um, you know what else kind of makes me salty? What? I'm never going to be able to afford a Volvo P1800. Oh, dude, those have been through the roof for ages. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Is they've been like expensive, but they haven't been like getting to blue chip. Until now, oh, just like the Mark IV Supra, yeah, because <laughs> it's actually a priced about on par. Because we now have had our third uh, P eighteen hundred sell for over ninety four thousand dollars. That is several money. Yeah, um, well, I mean, if you think about it, it's a four cylinder Volvo, but at the same time, it's also like aren't almost actually no all Volvos now are four cylinders. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, maybe all modern Volvos are P eighteen hundreds. The P eighteen hundred is an interesting car <clears throat> because you know it. It's not like the fastest car in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's realistically not any faster than like a two thousand two. But right. the thing I mean, is, it was impressive for the day, certainly. But what's cool about it is that it looks like it does. It is an absolutely gorgeous car, and it will clear the odometer multiple times over on the original engine. Yep. Like yeah. That, like, Isn't um. Doesn't this 
chassis of car still hold like the world record for By most far, Mars yeah. on the there's that Greek taxi cab driver with the uh, W124 for a while but um yeah this car just absolutely smashed that record like three <laughs> times over there's one of these like like there's one of these like four million miles on it and like Volvo did the same thing and like they offered him another car I thought it was like two point something million I think it might I think it's more 120 horse wow yeah that's actually probably a fair bit actually yeah, that's what... probably a 2000 speed yeah 120 horsepower would be Datsun. That's, I mean, that's Datsun thing is 240. light, though. Yeah. That's Datsun 240 power levels. Um, Another Haggerty article. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I spent a lot of time on there. It's a really good blog. <laughs> um, is that replacing your uh, bathroom iPad site from Jalopnik? Yeah. <laughs> it okay, is. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, so I just found that really interesting that the, uh, the PH100, and it's, a lot of the things that people like about the Supra, they also like about the P1800. It's mm-hmm. they like the looks. So like the the reliability, I think, is a huge part. It is because I, I mean, a Supra on stock power will do the same thing as this. Yeah, and I think that that's <clears throat> that. This seems to be like a trend with these kind of newer era collector cars, where it's mm-hmm. like it used to be whatever the car isn't reliable, who cares? Um, but now it's like a lot more people that are collecting mm-hmm. are driving their cars. So I think that reliability is playing. Which I love personally. Yeah, and I think that I think that reliability is playing more into the collectability of a car. Well, and cars are getting generally more reliable as time goes on. Well, yeah, but I mean, like these, if we're looking at the P eighteen hundred and the Mark IV Supra, like these mm-hmm. are not these are abnormally reliable cars. Like you can't really yeah. you can't really say like it's just a reliable car. It's not like a Buick or something. Like no, this is like an extru- like this car is unkillable. Right, but what I'm illustrating is a car from the 1950s and a car from the 1980s in general. True. It's like but it's, not even a contest. At, at the same time, if we look at this, you know, cars from the 1950s, um, you know, ease of maintenance was the difference. Right, because it had to be because you had to change yeah. your engine every 30,000 miles. So, like, yeah, like uh, a Tri-5 out. Chevy is much easier to maintain. Absolutely. And more, arguably more reliable than a Ferrari 250. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but that's the thing is that obviously a 250 is worth like way more. That's a very extreme example. Weird. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> let's say let's say 250 GTOs <clears throat> are worth more than Tri Five Chevys. Let, let's say Alancia Aurelia, like that's mm. you know kind of like equal as far as like attainability. Sure. But like Aurelia is worth more than Tri Five, and always yeah. has been, always will be. Honestly, Tri Fives they're they're not that expensive. No, I mean, they're really cheap now actually, with the yeah. exception of the Nomad. They're, oh yeah, they're very cheap and like a fifty-seven or fifty-eight Nomad. Boy, that would be cool. There's a th- now that the cars from the fifties are kind of coming down in value because everybody wants one is dead, pretty um, much or dying. Yeah, or dying. They're doing the pre-war thing. Talking about you, boomers. Yeah, they're doing the pre-war thing, but they're um, yeah, but they're they're um, not as rare or sought right. after. Right. Uh, so there's like some really cool cars. I've been trying to figure out like what I want to buy, and I like a lot of '50s Mopars really have me going right now. Yeah, like some of the Chryslers, like the, like the, the early Chry- firepower Hemi Chryslers. Yeah, the the Chrysler letter the, like, cars, the weird like diagonal head and tail lights. Yeah. Like what am I even looking at? Uh, Plymouth Fury, a Desoto Fire Dome. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, what a great name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fantastic name. Hey baby, I want to show you the Fire Dome. The the pre Hemi Desotos also had like one of the best grills of the late '40s and early '50s. So yeah, those cars are coming down value very quickly. I was watching, I think it was on YouTube, a 1320 video. Um, where a funny car racer started doing power tour with his 57 <laughs> wagon. 
Awesome. And last year, he had just a blown Hemi in it, a regular whatever. This year, he has a funny car engine in it. Perfect. So it's <laughs> detuned from 3,600 to 2,500 horsepower. <laughs> detuned. Yeah. And they literally, in order to drive it from track to track, they changed the valve springs. They put a wrench on the blower so it can't spin. They take the burst plate out of the intake manifold, and they put a throttle body on it, and they run it on a different fuel injection system. That's so ridiculous. And it makes 700 horse NA, and that's what they drive it down the street on. <laughs> 700 horse, and then I got to replace that a mile-long list of things, and I'll make 2,500. But, I mean, it's incredible. They can make engines that can make almost 4,000 horsepower, and they are water-jacketed, and they've got bearings that can hold up on the street. Yeah. And they, this car ran... <laughs> This car ran a 690. That's hilarious. <laughs> in the quarter. <laughs> wait, wait, one second. It 2400 horsepower and ran a 690? I think it's like 2600 horsepower. Yeah. It ran a 690. It's 3600 pounds. Okay. The thing hooked. But I mean, that's just... <laughs> I, I just hear those power numbers. I'm like, that's ridiculously slow. Well, it, it's 3600 pounds. It's a full steel body. Yeah, that's true. It is a full steel body. Because like, in my mind, I'm like, wait, isn't the world's fastest Civic like about that as well? And like that's like... I don't know. But I mean, that's Basically probably a like street a street-drivable car. It's probably like a 1,500-horsepower Civic, though. Yeah. But I mean, it's like still street-drivable. But anyway. Right. Um, I'm not saying it's not. It's probably just half the weight, too. But yeah, anyway, back to uh, saying about 50s cars. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the the 50s Mopars like, really have me going because they're like, they don't have as much cachet as like the Tri Fives do, right? Even yeah, though nobody like, knows about fifties Mopar. Yeah, it's like when you think about it, like, they're really cool. It's like Christine was a Plymouth Fury. I don't know what that is. A Stephen King movie. Well, all of our listeners would probably know that who Christine. Well, was. Well, I think all of our listeners would not know who Christine. Well, was. it's a story of a uh, like a Plymouth Fury that was uh, like possessed by a demon and tries to kill people. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. That sounds but, like a Corvair. Yeah, kind of, but. <laughs> Like they had like just the, also I'm Ralph Nader. Yeah, they they had all right. So these cars had some of the most power you could get in the 1950s. Okay, they had the most wild engines with like the Hemi's and stuff, mm-hmm. and they had the most over the top. Like you know, what like do you mean? just like the most over the top 1950s bodies. Like look, if you can type in like a 57 Plymouth Fury into uh, onto Google here, so we can show our, the uh, people that are streaming. Um, like if you look at just how wild and the size of these fins and everything, like it is like the most fifties fifties car you could ever fifties. Ugh, I don't like this. Also, I do like having a streaming computer that can handle the web. Yeah, I know, right? We can actually go on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> oh, only one crappy photo. No, no, you cl- click on those little side ones. It's oh, ha- it, this is this is Hemmings. It's a. Mm-mm, that is not a Hemi, but still. That's still a really cool air intake. I agree. Wow, that thing's super clean. But yeah, look at the size of those fins in the back. It's just ridiculous. I still don't want that. The thing is, with the, with a 50s car, I don't want something that's like... like as far as 50s American cars go, I want the most like over-the-top, ridiculous-looking car you could possibly get. Like That's what I care about with a 50s car. Yeah, I guess, that's fine. You'd be fit out better in the uh, lowrider crowd, I think, though. I, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. They, they like... That's they, like, also power coat their frames and like pinstripe them. And and... To be fair, that's also kind of like I, you know, when we first started like hanging out, I was like super into lowriders. So like back in like tenth grade, it's a so. miracle we ever talked to each other. Yeah, it's because we both had skills math. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb people math. Yeah, dumb people math. Yeah, which I found out is actually if you if you were a high schooler listening to this, take skills math because you can get away get all your high school creds taking just algebra. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I did that's, not have to take. I think like my maximum level of mathematics is basically algebra. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That's I did. I did, I, I did algebra too. Right? And you like you totally don't need more than algebra in the real There's world. You do the... not need calculus. Uh, you might need trig. Trigonometry. Okay, I, I, I did trigonometry. I, tri- trig is something I need. Yeah, trigonometry yes. is something I definitely need. But whatever, I got around it. I became really good at writing, by so I kind of just overcame my handicap. I just started taking classes of things I enjoyed, and that was that. Yeah, that's it. Thank yeah, you, Art. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah. so P eighteen hundreds are insanely expensive. Go buy a Plymouth Fury. Another car that starts with P. And I, I highly recommend you do not buy a fifties Plymouth Fury, but I do recommend a fifties Hemi Mopar. So there we go. I want to go back to a local story uh, again. This one actually does have a link to something, oh, which good. is kind of cool. And you're going to probably immediately think that I support this when I tell you about it. But in reality, I'm not sure if I do. So uh, MnDOT has done $2.1 million of studies to determine that people don't change their speed, whether the speed limit's 55 or 60. So they're just going to change like 70% of Minnesota's 55 mile an hour roads to 60s. Wait a minute. One second. There's $2.1 million of my money that could have gone to fixing potholes. Was or used to put those little black boxes on the road with the little rubber thingies? To figure out yep. that people go... Yep. Why didn't they just do a Facebook poll? Why didn't they just do it? Like, everybody says. Like, you don't need to spend $2.1 million to figure that out. Yeah, like, just look at, like, citations in that area or something like that. that that's something that... That's... <laughs> I understand statistics are important, and that the amount of money to the amount of gain for that statistic is just not worth it to me. No, no, they, like you ask anybody in every you canvas a neighborhood, like they'll tell you they'll be honest about Seriously. it. Like that but would save you so much more money. My main issue with it, honestly, isn't even like the immense amount of tax dollars spent to determine this. It's hmm. the fact that in Minnesota we have something called the Dimmler Amendment in law which applies to 55-mile-an-hour zones. Okay. Basically, what this amendment says is if you're doing 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, so if you're doing 65 and a 55 or less, and you get a ticket for it, and you pay the ticket, it does not go in your driving record, okay. only your criminal record. Also applies to 60-mile-an-hour zones for 5 miles per hour over. So basically, regardless, you can go 65. 65. Correct. But my main concern with this is, like, I'll use the North Shore as an example, 55 mile an hour road. That was loud. Yes. Somebody's having fun. Um, people generally speed there. So let's say you get a citation for 74 and then 55. And currently you get it reduced to 65 and a 55. You pay the fine. You're good. Not on your driving record is on your criminal record. Okay. But let's say you're doing 79 and a 60 and you get reduced to what's five miles an hour more than 65, 69 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Then you get, damn it. <laughs> then you get one hell of a blip on your insurance and your driving record. And it's the same reduction that they would have given you with the lower speed limit as mm. far as miles per hour is concerned. Okay. So that's my concern is people are going to drive five miles an hour faster because people just do 10 over all the time. And, I think I, an amendment to the Dimmler amendment. I think that would be a really good idea. So just like take leave the 55 alone and then just make the 60 the 10 over. Or change the 55 to a 60 and then put the 65 in as the 60 and leave everything else the same. You know, I think um, what this is, 
it sounds like the line con of being able to just have 65 mile an hour speed limits everywhere. Because mm-hmm. if you go 55, you just raise it 10 miles an hour. Like right. everybody's going to lose their mind and scream. Think of the children. Why won't somebody think of the children? And again, they're probably, I don't know, but like that part's actually been handled by statistics. Yeah. That, that's been handled. My yeah, concern under- is insurance. <clears throat> ah, yes. It's not even state revenue. Great. Yeah. Charge me $1,000 for a speeding ticket. I just don't care. But insurance. That's the big one. Yeah. No, that's why I, I, that's why I drive my mouse at five. Yeah. So. It's one of those things where it's like, I can have as much fun as anybody else, but I don't get a passing glance from a right. police officer. You know? Well, yeah, you drive something that's basically invisible. It is I mean, ut- utterly invisible. It's like the Fiat, as it turns <clears> out. Like I've done some pretty hood stuff in that thing around cops, and they just... So, like, <laughs> one of my favorite things I've ever read... Uh, I was doing an article on the V20 Camry, which is the 87 through 91 Toyota Camrys. Okay. Um, and when Motor Trend tested it, <clears throat> they were talking about how on their test drive, they didn't notice because they had just gotten out of driving a Cutlass Calais with a four-cylinder. Oh, man. <laughs> and, they, and they said, we were literally driving their foot in the same area of the pedal. And we were going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. We blew past a, pol- <clears throat> a police officer. And the cop didn't do anything. You may have a radar detector, but we have Camry Flage. <laughs> I love that term. If we wouldn't get totally sued by Toyota, I would love to change our podcast name to Camry Flage. We probably could. It's one word. Uh, uh, well, maybe, but I, I'm not sure since it has Camry in it. <laughs> yeah. but And that is a really big global trademark for Toyota. Yeah, but I think Camry is another is actually a word that Toyota used. It's like Corona. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's something like that, then we should maybe consider it Camry yeah, Flash. I'll have to look up the. I'm gonna have to look up the where Camry came from because I was very much enjoying that. They came up with the name Camry when Toyota had all their cars named after different parts of the sun. Oh, so the Corona and the Crown. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So thank you, Toyota, for doing some really weird stuff. And they had like some other weird ones like the Corina and the Cressida. It was either named after the sun or is named after like what like part of the sun is a Supra. Uh, the Supra is the name that they gave it because they didn't want to have the negative press of J- Ron Jeremy buying a Cel- a Cam or a Celica XX. Ah, yeah. They that's why they came up. With, the, the name Supra was like an eleventh hour decision. They almost called the XX in America. I got a targeted ad on uh, Netflix. Oh, this week for the Supra, the new one. I watched it all the way through. There you go. I Perfect. wish I could rewatch it, but I couldn't. Oh. And it, most of it was Akio Toyota just talking. I'm like, this is a really cool commercial. These are really cool. Um, see, um, so actually, there's something we have to verify um, hmm. about the Mark V Supra. Uh, it's regarding the um, the vents actually being some of them are. Well, so being some of them actually being <clears throat> able to be opened up instead of just being closed off. Because I guess when that um, when that he, when uh, the uh, Tetsuya Tata, the product development manager, uh, was asked about that, he was like cornered in like a hallway by a oh. reporter, and he just like said that in passing. Hmm. So we're actually gonna ha- it, yeah, it's just like an off the comp like Trump and Trump style sort of thing. So we're gonna have to verify that. So I'm at the auto show, and I, I think am- some of them are. When I'm at the auto show and I am not um, putting black leather gloves into Broncos, I will be looking at the Mark V Supra and verifying that it does have openable vents. 
at least figure out which ones are. Yeah. I think the designer of that Supra was on Smoking Tiger, and he confirmed that it was the majority of them. Oh, okay. Could be, but not all of them. Oh, cool. All right. That's tight. But I don't actually know for sure. It's been a while since I heard that. I'm going to have to listen to the Smoking Tiger. It's just been It's wild. a good podcast, but they put out so many long episodes now, it's just hard. You know, their episodes are about as long as ours. No, a lot of them are like two hours now. Jesus. And well, I, you know, I try for hour and 15 or less. So. Well, yeah. Well, the, my only issue with the Smoking Tire, like, I love the Smoking Tire. It's just that I have to go through, like, 15, or not really 15, five minutes of, like, just ad. Like, Matt Farah telling me about how awesome his morning coffee is. I just skip the first five minutes of the show entirely, no matter what's in yeah. it. But, but no, I actually, I, I like yeah, Matt Farah. Beeline coffee and the shirts. I'm like, yeah, that's all great. You know what's I'm annoying is we, we know the... Dylan Optics. You, you know what's annoying is we know the names of all those companies now. Yeah. So it works. It works perfectly. Even though we does, fast forward But I'm still it. not buying Beeline coffee or Dylan Optics. I'm just buy. not interested in those products. Yeah, if I lived in California, I might get Beeline coffee. I like coffee. I like coffee, if too. It, if it wasn't for the fact I worked at a coffee shop, I might buy Beeline coffee. But although I have expensive taste in some areas, I do not spend $30 a bag on coffee. $30, $30 a bag? $30 a bag. I don't know about that. Not worth it. I mean, it does have some cool Jana said not worth it. So, oh. And Jana's like the queen of coffee. so Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, no, absolutely you not. You can get some really good coffee for less than that. So oh, yeah. No, not I'm not putting down Beeline Coffee. I'm sure it's great, but the roasted tire is too expensive in my opinion. No, it, there's a there's a happy medium. It's yeah, it's it's like beer to me. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not spending... Caribou Dark Roast is kind of my happy medium. That stuff is super good and really cheap. I'm just jaded because I work at a coffee shop and I get normally thirty dollar bag coffee for free. So I don't. Yeah, I just steal Corey's coffee. When I, I just, want I just, coffee. I just love my where I work. It's like, hey, let's go work on old cars. At a coffee shop. You no. work at a car, uh, a Volkswagen repair shop, but there's a coffee shop immediately attached to us. Right, it's the same right. Company. Right. So I like telling people. I, I'll switch it around. <laughs> like if I'm, if I don't want to, like if I'm trying to like hide that I'm like a car guy for just to like not have to get into a conversation, I'll just say I work at a coffee shop. Fair enough. And I'll say, what do you do? I say, it's convenient. <laughs> then they say, what, what do you do? I say, I'm a service advisor. Well, I've told people like they're like you're a service advisor at a coffee shop, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm an architectural draftsman. Then they just kind of glaze over and walk away, oh, which perfect. is great. I don't tell them like yeah, BMW Master Tech. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, they don't. They don't. There no. are times you you hide things like right. on purpose. Yeah, very on purpose. Oh Jesus! I just tell them I'm an archaeologist, and then they go, oh, you like dinosaurs, and I go, no, no, and. I love you. J- you love Jana's more. Jana uh, studies Barney. Well, no, she didn't oh. let on what she really does. What she really does <laughs> is, if she doesn't want to talk to somebody about something, and they tell them about their life. Yeah. Jana comes back with like this like savage, passive aggressive Minnesotan thing, where she talks her their ear off for the rest of the night about the difference between shards and shards. Oh yeah, shards. And they are can't glass. escape. Shards are glass, and shards is pottery and ceramics. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they're spelled the same way. No, S-H-E-R-D oh. Oh, I'm sorry. versus S-H-A-R-D. Yeah. <laughs> and there was one time I turned off a documentary because they said pot shard. And I was mm. like, nope. And Ryan's like, that was a perfectly good documentary. I was like, he's not a it real was. archaeologist. <laughs> That's fair. I am the same level of obtuse, so I, I totally get behind that. I get really salty when I see a 91 <laughs> Volvo in Stranger Things, and I downvote the entire, like, the first oh, dude. episode because there's a 91 I shut stuff Volvo off for reasons just like that. Yeah. They had the wrong car in it in the background. Like, 
yeah, I could do a better job than that. Hire me. <sighs> Reminds me of the time we watched Over the Top. That was just an awful movie. That was one of the worst movies I've ever We're not talking about that god-awful movie. All right. Well, we won't talk about that. Let's talk about... Indiana Jones is because it's almost correct, except for... Well, almost doesn't cut it. Well, no, like, all the... Like, to make it a dramatic interpretation of archaeology, it's a good thing. But aren't you a paleontologist? No. No. That's dinosaurs. That's dinosaurs. Oh, what am I thinking of? Um, No, what's the one where you study cultures? Anthropologist. Anthropologist. You're an anthropologist. Archaeology is a subsect of anthropology. Anthropology is just... So anthropology is the overarching... Yeah. Really? Archaeology is just anthropology of dead people. Sort of. (laughs) I mean, you could also... So anthropology is... There's like three or four subsects of it, depending on if you're going by the European model versus the North American model. Well, there's a Twingo in Europe, so let's go with the European oh, model. So there's three then. It's basically linguistics, um, cultural anthropology, and bioanthropology, Holy which is like God. archaeology, forensic anthropology. I bet those meetings you have are super lit. Um, no, they actually get really drunk. The- I, yeah. yeah. Like, Do yeah, no, I anthrop- wasn't being facetious. Anthropologists, like, <laughs> rage. Yeah. It's like preschool teachers when they go out to a oh, no, yeah. when, no, we, when... when the AAA conference was in Minneapolis, we got so drunk, we walked all 13 miles of oh, <laughs> um, Skyway. No, they're, they're... The only people the next banquet to go to anthropologists are the only people that like party on par with like thrash metalheads and like punks. Like it's the only like group of people that I've met that are get on that level. And we get all the research done too. Because <laughs> like yeah, it, like it, there's only like two places in the world that you'll ever see somebody with like like a guy with a ponytail and a beard yeah. hauling around a keg of beer on a hand truck while already inebriated. And that's either going to be a municipal waste concert, or that's going to be the AAA conference. <laughs> the two places so, that ever happens. Like, like part like of there's it, probably some overlap there. Part of being an anthropologist is, you know, immersing yourself in the culture. So that means you get to drink with the local people. And some of that shit gets you so hammered. Like, I was just talking to um, one of my professors, and he was at a site in um, Africa, like, probably you know, Southern Africa, but not South Africa. And they drink um, this fermented milk. Oh, gross. So it's like an alcohol made from fermented milk. So it's like Kahlua from Africa. Yeah, and apparently it just totally Fs you up. Well, I mean, you're also like 15 pounds. So anything with super high proof, you're just going to get. Exactly. But this is like a full grown adult. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's like, yeah, I was not okay after that. I'll never do it again. (laughs) I was not okay after that. So I love it. Speaking of anthropology and archaeology. Oh, God, this um, is going to be a tangent. No, not even. Um, well, seeing as we're on a tangent, yes, <laughs> it will be a tangent. It will be oh, a re- relatively be not. Uh, Sir David Attenborough is that oh, God, British this guy who is uh, Sir David Attenborough is that British guy that does like all the yeah, I know Attenborough. Yeah. yeah. So his brother, um, which was uh, David Attenborough, he was the old man in Jurassic Park One. Okay. You know, you know the sure. grandpa? No. No, I haven't seen it in ages. I think you, I have it on Laserdisc. You, you know, the, you know the, the grandpa from Jurassic Park, the guy that owns the park, the white, hair, so, white yeah. hair and a beard and a white suit. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, Sir David Attenborough has a third brother named John Attenborough. Do you know what John Attenborough went on to do? Yeah, uh, anthropology. No, he was the head of Rolls Royce and Alfa Romeo. At the same time. 
Uh, yes, he did Rolls Royce and had a one-year overlap and became the head of Alfa Romeo's uh, English uh, branch. Here oh my! at Motor Cult, where our tangents go full circle. Yeah, full circle back <laughs> into our next topic, which is... Oh my word. Speaking of Rolls Royce, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jalopnik has an article about some of the most ridiculous Rolls Royces that, you can, that have been made this year. Uh, I'm not whitelisting you. Um, so Rolls Royce, there's like a 99% take rate of Rolls Royces being customized. Like literally 1% of them are just standard whatever cars. Right. Everything else is like one off. So they did some of the most ridiculous cars. So, um, the one last year that was really ridiculous was the Phantom and Fuchsia, which was white with a purple interior. Gross. And it, oh yeah, they got, it was like a special one off purple um, this year, they had the uh, Silver Ghost Collection, which have made uh, 35 cars with actual silver accents, and everything that wasn't silver was real copper. Oh my. Yeah. So, like, that Spirit of Ecstasy is silver? Actually made of silver, yes. That is terrifyingly expensive. Yes. Uh, and so is that umbrella. Uh, they had <laughs> <laughs> that umbrella right there costs more to put in your car than a base model Mirage. I believe that because the standard non-silver umbrella is like three thousand dollars. Yeah, and the silver one is like fifteen thousand. Great. I thought you meant uh, like rain umbrella, and I got very confused for a second. That is. So this it, clock. What? Yeah, that's it, a that's, yeah, a, rain that's a rain umbrella that fits handle. in the door. Yeah. In the and door. They normally cost three thousand dollars. Yeah. They're, each one's handmade. Yeah, you get the spot in the door, but you don't actually get umbrellas unless you buy them. Yeah, it, it's they're all handmade, so like yeah. it, it, they're. Oh. Realistically, if it didn't say Rolls Royce on, it'd still be like an $800 umbrella. Yeah, I'm sure you could yeah, find yeah. something that would maybe work. But... Yeah, you can probably go find like, a free umbrella <laughs> in a parade somewhere. Um, uh... That clock is entirely made out of 925 silver. Great. Yes, is fantastic. Now, this one is interesting, this black and yellow Rolls Royce. I don't know if I like that. Uh, oh, it, it is gross. Oh, this looks like a Rinspeed interior. It It, it is uh, Benjamin Sloss. <laughs> this is the Google's <laughs> vice president of engineering, Scar. You have terrible but advice. When, now, now, let's just stop for a second because I want to show you something really cool. Uh, that dashboard, if you look at that, uh, that is not black paint. That's chromosthenium. It, ruthenium f- is a metal that is scarcer than gold, and that's the natural color of it. Only 20 tons of it are mined per year, yes. compared to 2,500 tons oh of gold. This just sounds like irresponsible decision. Oh, this is I, conspicuous I, consumption I, oh God, at its best. I totally meant to give a communist trigger warning before this, this section. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any communist sy- sympathies, please fast forward five minutes. You do not want to see this. This is a Ryan topic fast forward yes. ten minutes. Um, the whispered muse uh, that is all uh, silk in the interior that is lining that leather. All the strings and is everything. That are silk. rose gold. Yes, it looks it is. like it. The one and only rose gold uh, spirit of ecstasy, made of actual rose gold, yep. which is the first for Rolls Royce. Ugh. Honestly, that dashboard looks beautiful. I just don't like that. That's the Whispering Muse. I actually like that a lot. That's all... I like the piano white finish, but yeah. like beyond that, I'm not li- a fan. I like the sculpted silk. Oh, man. no, I see the purple. Oh! <laughs> oh He's no. got a purple umbrella as well. And I like purple. It, it looks like Barney much. just arrived all over that interior. 
Uh, that that man has a collection of all purple cars. They're, every car he owns is that color purple. Oh, no. You know what? This, that's what happens in real... When you have, like, enough money in real life to build the car you built in Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, man. Like, but you so do it to a Rolls Royce. Uh, at least they're ghosts, not phantoms. Yeah, but to be honest, that car's going to be, like, the coolest shit in the world in, like, 20 years. No. Yeah. No. No. That car is the modern equivalent of a cocained out like 560 sel no. back in the 80s those are not nobody cool nobody likes that purple of a car yeah especially yeah if that 80s car is purple or like bright yellow just no 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 of course well maybe bright yellow but no not purple ah they, oh, they did something to a cullinan now well no to be fair they do that's actually a standard thing uh, yeah it's the viewing suite um you press a button and two chairs come out the back with champagne <laughs> 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 That's for British hunting, I assume. So yes. Yeah. I've seen some, right. We're still considering that one too. That's a, that sounds like an overfinch Range Rover feature. This is another one of that oh, same car. Man. Now, if you notice, there's a glass partition there. Yeah. And so you can have people in the back during your hunting party, but if you get too hot, you can still come inside and leave the rear end open for better viewing. <laughs> I really hate rich people sometimes. <laughs> Does that um, does that cup holder set have the little uh, silver hold downs to keep the glasses in place? Yes, it does, and you those are actual crystal as well. I'm just going to apologize to the people listening that, to the audio um, version. Jana, those glasses are all crystal. Dear God, why would you want those in your car? But this reminds me of the fancy uh, like the car that Archer gets for his birthday that his mom steals from him. Yes, that one is his challenger. Yep. Now, um, <laughs> that's where that's where they actually got the idea from. That ceiling is the starlight ceiling that you can get. Um, that top one was all carbon structures where they used um, they used the same idea of the the, um, you know, the fiber optic lights, but that's what the roof looks like. I think that's actually kind of a cool idea using the, the fiber starlight. Optic I like starlight. Yeah. I would actually like to do that in one of my cars, maybe in the Cressida. Um, I think that looks really cool. I know a tiny house that did that. That's really actually really cool. Yeah. Well, this is roughly a tiny house. Yeah. Oh, now we're Probably on the Probably past three times as much. But yes, now that is a absolutely ridiculous list of cars. Communists that are listening, I'm going to leave very... this on the screen for five minutes to hope that this becomes our YouTube thumbnail. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Uh, I... I, I'm a lot less turned off about that car than you guys are. However, hopefully your notes are working. Oh, wait. Although the next story is mine. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> so, okay. Remember, like, six months ago, Chevy announced their new base powertrain for the Silverado? Ah, yes. <laughs> that 2.7-liter turbo four-cylinder with the electric water pump and everything? Yes, I'm not going to steal your thund thunder. It's, Please uh, tell me what's wrong with it. It's Okay, so it's out in the wild now. Yes. People have actually bought these things. Foolish. Guess what the highway MPG observed of the four-cylinder 2.7-liter Silverado is. 29. 18. What? 18 is what they've been getting on Are the, the highway with the four-cylinder. Mm. Guess what the 5.3 liter Gen 5 small block V8 is getting on the highway. God. Um, 19? 21. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the four-cylinder is now <laughs> getting officially three MPG worse on the highway than the V8. They didn't discover this in <clears throat> product testing. Somehow, no. Ah, well, you see, that is why GM needed a bailout. Uh, yeah, so I'm not exactly sure why they didn't notice that, but what? that seems like kind of an oversight. All right, so one second here. Yeah. I need, we need to scroll back a little bit. 
Uh, what the hell were statistics teachers doing 10 years ago? Well, teaching us statistics. Very poorly, apparently, because nobody can seem to get any basic research done correctly. Like, these are all things that, Except like... Except for MnDOT? No, MnDOT still <laughs> wasted $2.1 million. Oh, the beauty. It's also 314 pounds lighter than the V8. But I don't care. <laughs> like, I know, but I'm just... It's so much worse. It's incredible. I don't understand that, that, how they've done that. And it sounds worse, too. So, I just don't understand, like... Like th- this is, I'm not blaming GM for this. Interesting, because there seems to be a larger overarching problem here with America, and our o- larger overarching problem with America is our statistic teachers suck. I actually used my my one F bomb for that. They suck. Very passionate. Like, um, because when I was in statistics, my statistics teacher taught me, hey, there's a lot of stuff you're gonna learn in this class. Here's the first thing you're gonna learn. This is a PE ratio. Now you can successfully <laughs> trade stocks. Learn this. This will be on every single test. Yep. And in life. Yeah. Like PE ratios are important because a statistics, that should actually be a standard class. Like before you graduate, you have to take statistics on the off chance that you're put in charge of designing of a testing anything, <laughs> anything at all. This four cylinder engine has cylinder deactivation. It's allowed to run on two cylinders when cruising on the. <laughs> it apparently, doesn't have. That's not the issue. But yeah, it, was, it seems unlikely that that is deactivating with that kind of fuel economy. That's so bad. Is this? The Can new... you imagine how bad that sounds? <laughs> is this the new GM eight six four? Oh, the V eight six four. The uh, mechanical yeah. device fitted to a V8 <laughs> to disable foolish. cylinders. Um, I, I don't know, but I mean, this is just worse in every way than the 2.7 liter EcoBoost V6. It is. It, it's just it's an awful engine by an awful company run by awful people. It's complicated. It's got an electric water pump. When, pe- when people wonder why I like I'm not American car enthusiast, it's because of crap like this. Like. <laughs> Granted, it's probably still better than the big three German corporate four-cylinders. Oh, no, I guarantee you that. But, I mean, I'm also not much of a fan of the big three German companies. Uh, thank you, sweetie. And the uh, fuel economy, I guess, is considerably better with those. That is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, that's I've not heard anything like that before in my life. Yeah, I would put it up on the screen, but A, it's depressing, and B, I really want that to become the YouTube thumbnail. So, so. I, rem- I remember back... <laughs> When I was like a lot boy at Mitsubishi and Kia, there were a lot, lot boy. Yeah, Fetch like, me a this, mirage. This was like right after like high school. I remember this. Um, there were people that would come in and try to buy Sorrentos, mm-hmm. and they'd go and they'd say, "I want the all-wheel drive, but I also want the four-cylinder." And I'd sit there. In a Sorento. I, yeah, and I would say to them, "I'm like, why don't you get the all-wheel drive six-cylinder?" They go, "I want better fuel economy." I'm like, why don't you look at that fuel economy? And they'd look at the two side by side. And the four, the all-wheel drive four-cylinder Sorento, got one mile per gallon worse fuel economy on the highway. It's incredible how often this happens. Five miles an hour worse per gallon. Uh, yeah, five miles per gallon. Sorry, worse on in the city. The four-cylinder got worse city MPG. Way worse because it has to struggle so much to get to speed. And that's the thing. Like, I, that's I find that issue. a lot. Not even just like four versus six or six versus eight, but also displacement. Yeah. Because like the BMW E46 3 Series, the mm-hmm. 328 and the 330 do considerably better on fuel real world than the 323 and 325. Yeah. It's... It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes sense if you think about it. I guess cause... it's just that much less stressed out. You, you, <laughs> you're putting less fuel into the vehicle because if you... 
when you have these engines that are, you know, really small displacement, super high revving, you're going to be putting more gas into that small area. And over the course of, say, five minutes, you will burn more gas than you would on a larger displacement, lower revving engine. But, I mean, these... My example, I mean, they're all the same block. They're all the that same is, accessories, yeah, that, everything. So, yeah, it's... So, I mean, it's, it just has to be the efficiency of the larger piston, basically. Yeah, it's... Or the better bigger you, there's, stroke there's or something. A, there's a happy medium. I mean, the and thing... is not this 2.7 liter. No, right. absolutely not. You know, as far as, like, small engines go, like, you can't just, like, throw a small engine into anything. Right. Like, if you have a small engine, you have to have an entire chassis that goes with it. Correct. That's why the CRX HF, to date, still has... Like fuel economy, that's better than most hybrids. Oh and yeah, that thing. Wow, that's. I mean, other than like first gen Insight, I don't know if anything. No, I really mean, touches that. The the eighty five CRX HF, I think, got like fifty miles per gallon city. Yeah, I think it was yeah fifty or sixty mpg. Yeah, it was. Just it, nuts. it was. I think it was sixty in this on the uh, on the highway. But there was like, also like the Cobalt XFE and the Metro. Yeah, X, X, XFI, I think, is yeah, what they so called that X, one. XFI. There's been a few. But no, the the CR, well, what they did with the CRX was different than most other cars. They did this with the EG as well with the the Civic VX. Mm-hmm. Was not only did they put a small engine in it, they put it on like a really big diet, and they like changed like the red line of the car. They changed the camshaft, mm-hmm. changed the transmission, even. Like, they did everything to make this car more fuel efficient. And wheels and tires and things like that. Yeah, and so now, you, like, if you want, like, a really cool car that's, you know, like, a good put basis to build off of, mm-hmm. a lot of people go for the Civic, like, the EG Civic version. A lot of people? A lot of people go for the EG Civic VX because the the uh, EG Civic VX, you had VTEC, you had inky wheels, you had a lighter weight chassis. Like, why would you not want that? It's perfect. So, yeah. That's actually like a really cool thing that they do. I wish more manufacturers would do that instead of just like jumping to like let's put eight trillion airbags in the car and put a hybrid drivetrain and hey look let's at that add cool. some more weight. We we just got forty miles per gallon. Look at our great accomplishment and then like their janitors driving like a two thousand dollars Civic that <laughs> yeah. better fuel economy. Like it's just there's it, people say it can't be done to him. Like no, it, it can be done. You make it lighter. Yeah, you, you make it lighter. It can be done because. Pagani makes a car with a V12 that weighs less than 3,000 pounds. Yep. Like, you can make a light car. And you can make a car that's fuel efficient. Like, we know that there are cars that are like... Look at the Mirage. Like, the Mirage, you get 40 miles per gallon while having... Full throttle. (laughs) While being, like, entirely about the price point, Mm -hmm. not about technology. If you take something that has the ability to get that kind of fuel economy... Yeah. And you actually put some money behind it. You can also have performance too. It's just, yeah, GM doesn't seem to get that, and neither does Ford. And that's why they're failing. And I'm uh, kind of engine, okay with that. This engine was clearly designed, engineered, and tuned for EPA test cycles. Yes, it was. That, that's why it exists. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. I think on that uh, de- rather depressing uh, bombshell, <laughs> that they need to try harder. No, it's a good thing because it means you should just buy a V8, and V8s are good. Well, that you need to buy a V8, or you need to buy an EG Civic. So I guess that's a good thing. It's not. That's if not you're going to buy a Silverado, buy go a out Civic. and buy an EG Civic. There you go. That is our bombshell. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we will catch you on Wednesday. Catch you guys on Wednesday.